What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby, and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life, it chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. And welcome into a Ballsy Podcast of uh, kind of different Ballsy Podcast. In studio we have the 147-pound welterweight champion, which is redundant, of, of the world, E.J., Earl Spence Jr. from DeSoto, Texas, the first boxing world champion from the Dallas area in 20 years? Yeah, at least 20 years. That's Derek yeah. James. His trainer is here with us. The, the Of course, the greatest boxer in the history of Dallas was Curtis Cox, who yeah. was, a, was a title holder back in the 60s. Earl, you're a, a trailblazer. I'll call you E.J. here. Look at him smile. EJ, uh, with us, of course, is uh, Derek James, his, his trainer, Evan Grant, who looks like— mostly silent. Or could be a punching bag. And then and then er- Earl Spence, uh, who—what uh, would you say you did in the ring to Kell Brook in, in Sheffield, England? Um, I would say I just, I just beat him up. I beat him up slowly. Do you ever feel bad about beating somebody up in the ring? Uh, no. I mean, Kell Brook got paid very well. He got paid more than me, so. Well, he was the champ. Yeah, he was the champ. That too. Thing, things, things, things will turn, things will turn around now. Yeah. But when you, when you're beating on someone, and and do you ever say, man, I got to stop. I'm going to hurt this guy. Uh no, um, I keep beating on him today. Today stop. Did <laughs> he take a knee or his coach? Uh, you know, throwing a towel. And Derek, and Derek, you're you're in the corner going. Get him! Get him! Get him! Right? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you want him to uh, go out and to be safe. For him to be safe and not put himself in harm's way, way, but that's how it is. You got to keep chopping until you chop the tree down. So, how did you tell us how you got started? You were a skinny little kid living (laughs) in Cedar Hill at the time, right? Before you moved to DeSoto. What do you do? You You say, I want to be a boxer? Um, No, it was, you know, I've always been been around boxing. Um, You know, my dad was a big boxing fan when I was a kid, and uh, we used to go to the barbershop all the time and watch boxing, watch Lennox Lewis. You know, he's Jamaican, so we supported Lennox Lewis. And um, And your family's Jamaican? Yeah, and we supported Lennox Lewis, but I never thought I'd be a boxer. It's something my dad got me into when I was 15 years old. It was the summertime, I was doing nothing, and um, I had a lot of auto time on my hands, and he didn't want me. Know, laying around the house and just hanging out, so he took me to a boxing gym. Did you so, ever- so Earl, not until 15, which from my uninformed eye is a little bit later than most guys get involved. Yeah, that's late. Like a lot of guys get involved when they're like six, seven, eight. You know, they get they the really good ones have been involved in boxing for like a long time since they was you know little kids. So 15 is, is late. Did you get involved at the, like the boys' club, or how did you get what was your first gym? My first gym was a very old boxing gym. It was a little small gym in Oak Cliff, uh, so, Illinois. So that's that's a gym. I know your dad took you to several gyms, and he settled. He didn't settle on Vivero. Was the gym he liked? 
like the best? He thought the discipline was good there. Yeah, he took he took me to a couple gyms, and you know, we first walked in. You know, the guys were laying around, listening to the radio, listening to music. You know, not training. Then we went to Royal Boston Gym, and you seen just the structure when we was there, and how they was hitting the bag, and it was guys were running, and you know they was training. And uh, my dad liked that because it was all about you know training and work instead of you know hanging out and having fun. Did you have Did you have a fateful meeting with anyone in that gym? Did you meet anyone in that gym that had a an effect on the rest of your boxing career? Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was a couple guys. Um, you know, I met Derek. Oh, the trainer. Yeah, yeah we sparred and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he sparred. He didn't throw punches at me. I threw punches at him. He was working on his defense. Did you land any? Oh, I landed a couple. Did yeah. you hurt him? No, nah, I didn't hurt him. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> not true? Derek, did he hurt you? <laughs> no, no, what, no, not true as to he, him landing any punches. <laughs> <laughs> so, but most kids, and, and everybody I talk to and I say, where have all the boxers been in Dallas? And they go, oh, they all became football players. Yeah. Why, yeah. you... You went to DeSoto High School for a while. Yeah, they had a pretty good football program there. Yeah. Who were some of the players on the team when you, when you, when you were coming up? Um, we had Va- Von Miller. We had a uh, Cyrus Gray. We had a uh, Tony Jarrett, and uh, all of them went to the NFL. Tony Jarrett played for the 49ers. Uh, Cyrus Gray, he was playing for Kansas City Chiefs, and then he moved. He he he's been bouncing around. And uh, Von Miller plays for the Broncos. Did you think football was too violent for you? Did you, is it, or were you too small? Or <laughs> why, 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 why did you walk away from football for boxing? Um, I just fell in love with boxing. Uh, you know, that summer, you know, boxing just really consumed me, and it's something you know I fell in love with. And you know, from there, I was just like, you know, I can't play football, you know, and box. So I had to pick one, and I was like, you know, I'm a box. So you, you never played football. Yeah, I played football at Cedar Hill. You did play football at Cedar yeah. Hill. Through what grade? Through the through the 10th. Um, and so it looks like Vaughn was a year ahead of you? He was one year ahead of yeah, you? Yeah, he was a year ahead of me. So, But that's when I went to DeSoto. Okay. Yeah. So you never played with him? No, I never played with him. You never got hit by him? Oh, nah. nah. I wouldn't <laughs> want to get hit by that guy. <laughs> 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 so, um, so, so tell us, when you met Derek, how did you decide or how did your dad decide senior that th- this was the guy who was going to help shape your career uh you know basically my dad man he's been the mastermind you know throughout my life you know got me into boxing and stuff like that and he met uh Derek and and basically I was just a one-two fighter before I met Derek what does that mean what's a one-two um, fighter I, I only had a jab and a straight left like that's all I was throwing I was winning with it but you know that's all I was throwing and when you get to the top level you're gonna need more to your arsenal you know to beat those guys so, um, you know, there was at one of my fights and, um, you know, him and my dad was talking, you know, they're talking about me fighting and stuff like that. And he was like, man, I see a lot of things he can do better and do well. You know, my dad asked, you know, will he work with me? And, um, you know, then he jumped off from there. You know, everybody says one of the keys to to why you are where you, is your dad, who's not yeah. who's not here today. But um, it, it's. Having someone to watch over you, someone to take care of your career, someone to make sure that people aren't, you know, using you or thing is is that how important has that been in in your career? It was very important. You know, I call my dad. He's like my shadow. You know, he he he. You know, he's always behind me and he's always watching. You know, you know. Even I don't have to watch because I know he's right there. He's watching everybody. He's you know watching you know things that surround me. And I think it's very important because if you look at, you know, the history of athletes, 
you know, a lot of times, especially when they're young, you know, they're naive and they usually get screwed over by somebody who they think, you know, love them or care for their well-being, like a manager or a promoter or something like that, or just a financial advisor or something. So, you know, it's great to have my dad there to just watch over me and make sure, you know, I'm doing everything right. Derek, you came up in, in the Dallas boxing scene. Is, yeah. is that that's pretty rare in, in the Dallas boxing scene to have to have a dad there or somebody there who really cares about the fighter? Well, you know, I think that times have changed. When I came up, it was a little different. You know, it was so much more about the trainers and um, the camaraderie of everybody else. But with him, his father is very involved, and that that's what he needs. I mean, everybody, I think at most times a lot of people need different things. And this is something that what we need to see more fathers involved because you see what happened with him and how he was able to. The father's not over-involved. The father's just there to make sure everything is good. You know, he's not like the ball dad in in. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I don't really pay attention to that guy, <laughs> but uh, he's not. He he's just there just to make sure his son is doing everything right. So he's not trying to coach. He's not trying to give instruction. He's just you know, and that that's what that's what it's about. Some fathers are over, they're, they're over involved, and they try to coach or tell the coach what to do, and that's where his father doesn't do that. Yeah, I think you. It doesn't matter what what sport kids get involved in now you've either got it's really difficult to find a kind of that middle ground right. parents are either over involved and hovering or completely detached right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've got somebody who walks that middle line, that middle ground allows you to be who you are yeah. uh, and is supportive but also allows the instructors right. and coaches to do their job that's when you get the most out sure. of them yeah he just plays the back like he don't do he don't like doing interviews or anything like if he was here today, he'd probably be like back there, just not saying nothing, just like. <laughs> oh, we 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 we'd get him to talk, because your dad and I we talk about our ailments together, because I think I'm old, I'm old a enough very to long conversation because he has many ailments. Oh, I I, I do, but but, but I, I, we're going to get to talk about the fight against uh, Kell Brook in Sheffield, England, in a second. But I want to talk about the last time you were in England, that was at the Olympics. Was that disappointing? Uh, the the way it turned out at the London Olympics in 2012. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. Um, you know, just losing. You know, I'm a person that you know that hate losing, and you know I hate losing more than I love winning. And um, you know, just that whole loss, and then how I lost, how I lost in it. You know, with the the whole controversy, and you know, filing grievance, then getting back in and fighting again. In the first, let's let's tell people the first fight you had, they yep. awarded the fight to your opponent. Yep. And it was like highway robbery. Yep. And then there was a. Even the the the, the overseers or they, they 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 went after the judges yeah. and said no 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 that's that's crazy right yeah oh well we had to file a grievance first we okay. had to file a grievance then they went over and watched the fight over again and then you know basically let me back in so what what did you learn as an amateur you learned as an amateur never let a fight go <laughs> to the scorecards yeah. right but then you go back to Sheffield, England, to, to set the scene for us. It was a couple of Saturdays ago. It's 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 madness. There are 30,000 people there, 29,965 right. are rooting for your opponent, Kel Brook. Did, did you have Kel Brook, who's just let's make clear for our listeners, Kel Brook is English, and you're you're fighting. He's fighting in his hometown. Right. He's fighting in his hometown. In, in, and, and, and he was the world champ. And he was the world champ, yeah. and, and, the, and the judges are there. And, and and you come out and 
what do you do when you look around? It was a soccer, it was a soccer stadium. Soccer stadium, yeah. yeah. And, and you look around, are you thinking, what am I doing here? Or do you, did you embrace that? Uh, like, I, like I told him before, it was like a big question. Of, I'm, I'm not experienced. Um, you know, what is he going to do when he sees 30,000 of my screaming fans? And, you know, like I said before, you know, some people are just built for that moment. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm built for that. You know, just like Michael Jordan, when he, you know, He's built for that, you know, and I'm built for that. You know, I feel like I have a lot of greatness in me, and, you know, I just use it as motivation. I feel like that was one of, you know, my defining moments to fight in front of 30,000 of his hometown fans and beat him the way I beat him. You know, that was a defining moment for me. I feel like that was a defining legacy moment, you know, for my career. So let me just, on the hometown stance, um, there's a fella here that likes to host a few boxing matches at a little stadium that he's got. How uh, how much would you like to fight in your hometown and defend the title here? Oh, I love to defend the title here, and um, you know I'd be more nervous fighting in front of a small crowd than a big crowd for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but I, I'd be more nervous fighting in front of a small crowd. Uh, have you heard anything from Jerry Jones people already? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, I mean it, it's been a few like little rumors like fighting at the Dallas Star like two fights back. Okay, and uh, my coach had got an email on that, but uh. You know, hopefully, you know, we can make it happen. That's something you'd like to do, though, for Oh, sure. definitely. I'd love to fight at the Dallas Star. You know, in watching the Kell Brook fight, I don't know if you guys know, you probably were contrary. Kell Brook's wife, she she was uh, she was on the apron, and she she was, come on. Did, did you notice her? Uh, I didn't notice I didn't notice her during the fight, but, uh, you know, after the fight, I seen he was hugging her and stuff like that. She but had, I didn't notice she had blood all over her. Yeah, right? she had blood on her nose. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, but, but she was like, you know, did... did was your girlfriend at the, yeah. at the fight? Did, does she does she does she sit there and and root root hard for you, or is she the quiet type? Uh, she root for me, but she's more like nervous type, about to faint type. Yeah. <laughs> was your mom? Was yeah, your mom, like my mom's the one like yeah. like jumping the ring type? Like she, she is. Like she's the one like yelling and screaming. Like I can hear my mom when I'm fighting. I can I can hear my mom from the mm. from the uh, from where from she's the, sitting. What are, what is she saying? What is she screaming? Saying all type of stuff. Come on, EJ. Just saying all type of stuff. Is she is she still working for? Uh, no, she's not working. She's, she's not working anymore because yeah. your mom and dad both kind of work for FedEx or yeah. or the post office. Yeah, and so so they're they're retired. Yeah. So um, I've I, I've got a question, completely non sequitur here, but um, you know, Derek, you mentioned the fight game was is different than it was twenty years right, ago. Yeah, definitely. And and I look out now. At, at the scene, and I just see so many people gravitating more towards MMA than I do the, the, the whole boxing scene. How do you guys deal with that aspect of it, that you're constantly now fighting against another avenue for fans to, to go and, and, and throw their money out? Well, I think that with us, we just have to continue to be the best we can be with Errol, continue to win, continue to win, and convincing and phenomenal fashion and people recognize great fighters i mean and so i think that we love that we're in a society of gladiators and so we love the gladiator whether it's an mma fighter or a or a boxer and and right now i mean you have great mma fighters and but he's trying to make a transition over to boxing which is uh conor mcgregor mm-hmm. and then you have errol who's a very visible guy he's he, he, likable he smiles give great interviews i mean and he's very honest in, 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 in his approach to boxing. And he didn't take the Floyd Mayweather Avenue, so which is very, very like 
grandioso, very loud. So I think you just have to continue to be who you are. And, and, and that keeps people, because remember, boxing has sustained for years with Muhammad Ali, with Sugar Ray Leonard, with Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Ray Robinson. And so to, to, for Errol to be here is like a breath of fresh air because that's what people want to see. That's what people want to, we want to see you win. We just don't want to necessarily see you brag about it. I think that's what it is, and that's what he's doing. So that's what all we have to do is continue to win, continue to be great, and not worry about it. Since you brought up the name Floyd Mayweather, I yeah. have to ask you about a sparring session that did or did, look at him laughing, that did or did not take place. <laughs> look at him shake his head. <laughs> did you or did you not knock Floyd Mayweather down in a sparring session several years ago? Yes or no? You're talking to him or me? I'm talking to you first. Oh, uh, no. You didn't knock him down? No. Did you stagger him? No. Did you hurt him? Never. No. So why is this Why is this rumor been circulating f- for years? Derek, were you there? I wasn't there, but, but uh, I, mean, I wasn't there. But people called me about the sparring. Not that, because that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I think people you know, people make, make legends greater than they really are. And the first time somebody told a story, it was correct. What was that story? I don't know what it was. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was right. But, but, but I'm saying that but each time after that, everybody embellished a little bit, add a little bit more on, and add a little bit more on. Then you see him getting kicked out of the gym, knocking Floyd out. So it, it's, I think that everybody wants to tell a story and, and get their version out there. And that's basically what it is. It's other people repeating something that, that didn't happen, but it was great sparring, but it, that didn't happen. All right, so now – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I just wanted to ask – I know I've talked to Derek about this. Did you see the Ruggie Odor punch that, that he threw last year in the playoffs against Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell us about that punch. What, what you, what, how'd you, how would you grade it? Um, that was a great punch. He turned with it. He used his whole body, you know, shifted his weight. I mean, I pivoted with it, and that was <laughs> it's like a perfect punch, man. Hit him square on the chin. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you, this is way before. Have you seen the Nolan Ryan when Nolan Ryan gets Robin Ventura in the headlock and just starts pound, pounding on him? Yeah, I seen that too. What, what, what did you think of that technique? I mean, that was that's all right. more I mean, rodeo yeah. than it is boxing. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but 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 that's that's yeah. gladiators. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was all right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as good as the, you know the punch, but. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do to win. I mean, street fight. <laughs> as far as as far as other sports go, I think that that Odor punch is about as clean a punch as yeah. I've ever seen. And the dude showed a good chin, yeah, because he took it. So, yeah, we gotta give credit for that. He, he did. He did. He did continue to stand up. I think he was a little bit wobbly, <laughs> right, but he yeah, did yeah. stand have up. You got, hurt, have you ever yeah. talked to Odor about that? Oh nah. Have, have, what would you tell? Would, did you did you think about maybe trying to sign him up to, to, work, to work with him? There? <laughs> hey, listen, one punch is not that impressive. You got to put a couple of them together. How hard is it to go three rounds of spar? Just sparring, you know. I I, I don't think people understand how hard it is to go three to go three minutes. I'm sorry, three, uh, go three minutes in a ring with somebody punching on you. It's hard. Um, you know, it's very hard. Like when even when I first started boxing. My first time sparring was was uh was three minute three rounds and um and I gassed out like in I think either the first or like the beginning of the second I was I was gassed you know it's hard you gotta get in shape you gotta get your body conditioned for that a lot of people don't understand that until they get in there and then they you know they think they're in shape because it's like in football shape and basketball shape and they get in there and they're like man why I'm so tired because you know it's a it's 
your whole it's the whole body movement type thing. What what forces you or what keeps you going on when you get hit? Did did Brooke ever hurt you? In, no, in, he never hurt you. No, it it looked like he might have hurt you. No, nah, he never hurt. He me. never hurt. Bear, you. Watch it, Barry. Nah, he never hurt me. I I thought it looked like he might have hurt you, nah. but but it, he was strong. But have you have you ever been hurt in the ring? Um, no, no. So so we don't know what you you don't know. Does that worry you as a, as a trainer have to have a fighter who's never get gotten hurt in the ring? How he will react when he does get hurt if he does get hurt? Well, no, it doesn't bother me because I mean that means he has great defense and he can you know when we, either he's rolling with a punch or he sees it so his eyes his peripherals are great so. Never to be hit with a hurt punch that ever hurt him is not a bad deal. It's a good deal. I mean, he'll react the the way he needs to react if he ever gets hit with a good shot. I mean, you know, and that's he's gonna fake it off. He's gonna play it off as good as he can, opposed to um, you know, falling out or taking a knee or whatever the case may be. All right, so here we are. We're we're just ten days removed from from the win over Kell Brook. Um, tell us, guys, like what is. What's the next step in the process? Um, at what point in time do you start to go into the process of negotiating the next fight in a defense? Well, I, I think that, I mean, I know him as a guy, so he's dying to get back in the gym, you know. So, But I, I'm enjoying my little time off, you know, <laughs> so I'm just being honest. So. But, I mean, I, I can imagine my wife showed me on some Twitter, Instagram, or something, he's jogging already, so he's ready to get back, you know, I'm like, I still got a little time, you know, but so we'll we'll go from I don't I don't the process is that his management will get together and they'll start talking about where he's going to fight at or who's going to fight, and they'll kind of go from that because he has like requirements from the IBF to he has to fight by a certain amount of time or a certain amount of days, and they'll start working that out and they're getting names together and. Um, but there's not a mandatory for you. Not that I know of. No, it's okay. not. But I think that. Um, but he he's a. He, He's right here, but he's a, he wants to unify. So but, but, like but isn't the goal to become bigger than the alphabet agencies? That's, bigger that's, than yeah, the goal is to be to, be to to have your brand, to have yeah. Earl Spence be the guy, and not have to worry about the IBF. Yeah. Right. The, that's, right. You that's, know, Floyd Mayweather doesn't worry about yeah, right. about. yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Like even with Canelo, like Canelo said, you know, he's not fighting for the WBC. He's not fighting for the belts. Because Canelo's bigger than the Bills right, right. now. Floyd's right. bigger than the Bills. Right. When Ox De La Hoya was there, you know, he was bigger than the that's Bills. That's what you wanted. That's, that's why he came out of Ring Magazine right. and started their own Bills type thing. So yeah. that's why I want to be. I want to be bigger than, you know, bigger than the Bills. Would the biggest fight for you be Canelo? Uh, right now, yeah, that'd be the biggest fight. But, you know, since he's at 160, you know, I don't see that happening. But if he was ever to come down to 154, I'd definitely move up to a What do you walk around at? Uh... Oh. You know, I walk around 65, <laughs> 66. Your nose, your nose is growing a little bit, I think. <laughs> Pinocchio. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal when you when you hear guys they they weigh in, you weigh in at one forty six. By the time uh, on the day before the fight, you weigh in at one forty six and a half for one forty seven pound. By the time you go into the ring, what do you weigh? Uh, I'm probably one sixty. One sixty. So. Yeah. And and your opponent's the same. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, well, I don't know. He might be. I think he broke probably like one sixty five. Oh, so he was one sixty five for yeah. a one hundred forty seven pound fight. Yeah. And but you were big. one. And you were one sixty. Yeah, you're you're yeah. middleweights in yeah. the in the ring. Yeah. What I mean, that's what. I mean, we just we we suck down to get to one forty seven. Like we, you know, we drain ourselves down and then. 
Does it make sense, Derek? Does it make sense to do that? I mean, I know you have to do that, but why why not just say this is a 165 pound fight and let him go fight? Well, you know, I think that you you want the advantage, and you know, for him to be. That's not an advantage for him to be, be at 165 unless he eventually grows into that guy. But, like, he's a 147-pounder, and he makes the weight pretty, relatively easy. So I think that for him it's it's okay to be that weight. And um, losing the weight and gain, that's just, that's just the process. I mean, you got guys who are fighting outside of their weight, and that's a problem because they could get really injured fighting bigger, stronger guys yeah. opposed to guys shrinking down and fighting at a particular weight. Would you like to fight Mayweather? We talked uh, about Canelo. What about Mayweather? I mean, he's retired right you've now. Already, you've already knocked him out. Knocked him down in the gym. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's retired right now, so no, I'm not really married by Mayweather. I'm just, I want Keith Urban. No, nobody is retired. You know that, right? Yeah. Everybody's retired until until somebody comes and offers them the fight and the right, yeah. amount, right amount of money. So he, 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 would, he would come back. You want to fight Keith Urban, the, the yeah. singer, or Keith Urban? <laughs> Keith Urban. <laughs> you want to? Keith Thurman also, I'll take you. Him. Take, you have Keith. He's a little guy, but oh, yeah. but but Keith Thurman. What kind of fight would that be? Um, I think it'd be a great fight. He's, uh, he's the WBA WBC champ. Yeah, yeah. He's hurt now. Yep. Yeah. I think that'd be a great fight. I think you know that's the fight everybody wants to see. You know, two hard punchers. Uh, you know, two guys who are willing to fight, and uh, you know, it'd be an electrifying fight. It'd be a, that's a big time fight that everybody wants to see. You know. You know, I'm willing to, uh, you know, fight him. Would it be a tougher fight than the Kell Brook fight? Is he, would it be a tougher opponent for you? Is the matchup harder? Me personally, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you know, I Not think Kell Brook's bigger. Uh, he's stronger. Um, you know, and has more skills than Keith Thurman. So why would Keith Thurman want to fight you? Because mm, he has to. <laughs> Because he has to? Because I have a belt now, and, uh, you know, he's been talking about unifying. He said, you know, when I prove myself, then he'll fight me and all this. So, you know, now he has to back his words up. No. You you fought in Sheffield in England. It was it was a I don't know a couple of days, a couple a week after May twenty seventh. Yeah. No, but it was after the the Thurman thing was on May nineteenth. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. The the, the what happened in um, Manchester. 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 In Manchester yeah. How did that affect? It? What was the security like? Uh, you know, thirty thousand people coming into a stadium. It's pro- I don't know if it was the next big event in England, but it, it must yeah. have been. Yeah. What was was it? What was it like being there during the, the Manchester uh, massacre? Um, you know, it was you know, you know, it was sad, especially like it happened like a couple of days before our um, before our open workout. So you know, we spoke on that. You know, Kelbrook did. Uh, he came with the tribute, did it uh, with the flowers and stuff, and they did a tribute to those people and. Uh, you know, even the fight, like they beat the security, like I think I think they like tripled the security, and um, you know they just they made sure that you know nothing would happen and you know everybody's safe in the arena. So, did you have anything hidden in your glove when you hit when you hit <laughs> Kel? Nah, just some knuckles. What about what about that punch? There was a punch. Derek and I were discussing before before we sat down. Yeah. There was there was a punch in there that not a lot of people saw that he that he thinks. Was the decisive punch? It, yeah. was, it was. It was a left, right? It was a. It was a correct a right. It was a right. It was a right. right. It was a right that came right, that yeah. came and, and hit him in the eye, right? Yeah. And and and, he, and I asked Eric, what surprises you about about EJ when when he throws a punch? And he said that punch surprised you that he was even able to land that punch. That which you think right. in effect ended the fight. Yeah, I think that like it's 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 some of the punches that 
some of the things he may do that you may not imagine him doing or something that you would want him to do when he actually does it, but I don't say it, and so he does it. And that's that's what ama- that that's what kind of amazes me. But I want to go back to the uh, the Manchester thing. Right. So, what y'all have to know is that we trained for a week in Manchester, and the where the event happened, we walked through there like that's like two and a half blocks from where we were staying. So we walked through there three four times a day. Go to the mall, go to get something to eat, go shopping, grocery store. Everything was like right there. So we were right there in the heart of that and. We were in Manchester on that Monday. We left about four thirty, and that happened about seven thirty or eight. So we didn't. I that didn't know, day. That that day, yeah, the, the very day. So we didn't know that it. I mean, I didn't know it happened. I got a text from somebody, one of my clients here in Dallas, and they asked, "Were we okay?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" So, but that was kind of crazy because we walked through that area every day, and it's like people walking, or it's like it's it's. It's pretty like New York City. Everybody's moving. Everybody like ants constantly moving. So we were right there in the mix. Yeah. Was there any? Did anybody ever have any thought about going to the concert? Did your girlfriend want to go to the concert? Oh no, she wasn't there at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. But I, we wouldn't went to the concert. Yeah, we didn't know. I didn't know anything yeah. about it. Anyway. I didn't know anything yeah. about it too. Yeah. Okay. What before we wrap up? And we have to wrap up here pretty soon because I know you have a lot of things to do. But what would you like people to know who don't know anything about boxing? Who don't know anything about? Uh, Earl Spence Jr. What would what what would you like them to know about you? Um, you know, I I think you know with fans, you know, they wanna they wanna you know root for people they can you know relate to. You know, I feel like you know I'm relatable because you know outside of boxing and outside the ring, you know, I'm a regular person. I go to the movies, you know, hang out with friends, hang out with family. You know, I do regular things. You know, nothing, you know, out of usual. Like, when I came back that Sunday, you know, a lot of my, I, I ran into people who, who knew who I was, and they were fans, and, you know, they were shocked that I was standing in line at Field City, you know, for some tacos. Some tacos. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that same day I got back. You know, I just want to you know I'm a regular person, and, um, you know, I'm a sighting fighter, and, um, you know, I'm going to represent the city well, and I'm going to represent it, you know, with honor and respect. What's your go-to taco at Field City? Oh, I get the street tacos. You get the street tacos? Yeah. You, you know, get about six or seven a, of them. Evan, six or seven? Yeah. A, 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 so, a, wait, wait, wait. I just want to say before, you, <laughs> you know, Evan is a food connoisseur. Oh, yeah? If he's, 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 your hook, he's your hookup. He knows everybody, every restaurateur in town. So anytime oh, you want to go someplace and not wait online, there's your man. We're going to the Pecan Lodge probably like at 11. Uh, I'll give him a call right now. <laughs> I will. I'll let him oh, yeah. know. Okay. Um, so just before I let you go, you do... You know, you win the fight, you win the championship, you, you've trained, you've done all this stuff to, to put yourself in this position. How does a boxer, after after an 11-round fight, in which you've obviously expended a lot of energy, how do you celebrate a championship? Because I don't imagine you've got any energy left at that point. Uh, actually, I, I stayed up th- that whole night. Did you really? Yeah, I stayed yeah. up the whole night. And, um, you know, after the fight, it was nothing open. We went to McDonald's. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> had a Big Mac, a double cheeseburger, uh, you know, a large Sprite. You know, we just really, everybody just stayed in the room. We just, you know, talked because our flight was like at like 9 o'clock in the right. morning. So just stayed in the room. We just talked, had some laughs until it was time to go. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I don't celebrate. Well, I, I got to tell you, I've, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I've covered boxing, go back to 
the early 80s, Donald Curry was a welterweight yeah, champion right, out, yeah. of, Fort Worth. out of Fort Worth. Uh, there was a champions. And, and I, I, I haven't yet to meet, and I, I met everybody in Vegas, I have yet to meet as anybody as grounded as you are in, in the sport. How do you promise you'll stay this way? Do you promise this won't go to your head and, and you won't become uh, a, a quote-unquote celebrity? Can you promise me that right now? Yeah, I can promise you that. I mean, <laughs> me winning the title still haven't had it hit me yet. Like, like, a lot of people are like, has it hit you yet? I'm like, nah. But what happens when you win another title and another title and then you start making gazillion gazillion dollars a fight? I mean, and, and will you still be the same, the same EJ? Yeah, I definitely be the same. You know, with me, you know, it's still much stuff to accomplish. Like even when I win all those titles, I'm thinking about moving up to 154 and you know getting those titles. So, you know, I never you know set set my goal. You know, just right there, I'm setting it way past you know past you know limits that people think that I can't go to. So, you know, after I win every title at 147, become undisputed. You know, now the goal is to go to 154 and become undisputed. And so. still and still remain grounded. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I always, you know, my whole thing is even when I started boxing, like, the only reason I kept boxing is, you know, not to disappoint, you know, my dad. So and my whole thing is, you know, keep my mom and my dad happy and, you know, make them but, proud. But it's so got to be more than I'll that be, because you can't, you cannot fight for somebody else. You have to fight. You can. I feel like. <laughs> well, but you, you have to want to fight. Yeah, you, you have to fight for yourself, but I feel like, you know, you go harder and you, you train harder and you don't quit when you're fighting for some for somebody with with, with somebody greater else. Than yourself. Something greater than yourself. Like He's I fight for my mom, by my his father. Family. Inspired by his family. So so my daughter's in the room here, we can look across right. at her and all those years of me yelling and right. screaming at her yeah. on the from the court side. She probably so, did it for you. Yeah. She did it for me. Yeah. Did you do it for me or did you do it for yourself? <laughs> You did. She, she did it she for, did it for her mother. She did so it. So some people, it just depends on the individual, right? Yeah. So because you you get inspiration from somebody on the street corner asking for a quarter a dollar. I mean, you it just depends on where your inspiration comes from, and his his comes from very close. It's family. And that's what it's about. All right. Well, this was a great thirty three minutes. Evan Grant, do you have any final thoughts? No, on this? I, I appreciate you guys coming in today. I know it's a busy day for you, and. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, and um, and stay and and stay stay true to yourself because that's I think that's that's what yeah. what makes you special in, in boxing and in one forty seven and, and everything I mean, else. I want to say something. You know, one one thing about it is that we we have similarities, and you know, so I mean, for me, I always wanted to be the man that my mother wanted me to be. So, and my mother always told me who I was as a little kid, like you're special, you're this, you're that. So I never have to go out and look for affirmation from other people. And I think that's very similar to his mother and his father. His, you know, they, they played two different roles. Right? The father was there. The mother was the, you know, like mothers build you up, build the boys up, and the father build the daughters up. That's why she's over there with you today. Yeah. So, and so I think that we, we get affirmation. We don't need that because we got it from our mother. And so to get it from other people, sometimes it's kind of like makes you shy, bashful, right, opposed to, Kind of like build, make you walk with your chest out. You kind of like you know, hey, you know, yeah. You know, I'm gonna break some news here. Do you do you know that Derek's mom used to work at the Dallas Morning oh, yeah. News? Yeah. She worked at the Dallas Morning News back in back, back in, in the, the 70s, day. Yeah, she, she used to count the money. She's in accounting. That's right. Yeah, she was yeah. in accounting, and <laughs> and so she so he's an yeah. he's he's one of us. Can yeah, can right, can, yeah, can, yeah. can she come back because we could use somebody to count extra <laughs> money for us these days? So, so. Yeah, listen, nah, she can't. If she can come back, then listen, man. 
I could go walk on the moon right now. <laughs> All right. Well, EJ, we like to thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, great uh, role model for the kids of Dallas, for the people of Dallas. Um, and uh, we'll be looking for your next fight. Hopefully it'll be maybe at the American Airlines Center, maybe at Jerry World, maybe at the Star. But uh, I, th- I think people should 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 really be proud that you represent the city of Dallas. Thank you. Even though you're from DeSoto. <laughs> So thanks so much. I'm from Dallas, so thank you. Thank you, Easter of Dallas. Thanks, everybody. Thanks Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in. Uh, We'll be back at you with another Ballsy podcast in just a little bit. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.